Welcome to Paradigms at Paradigms.life, the radio show and podcast that brings you inspired, inspiring people with visions of a viable future for life on Earth that includes humans. Hi, I'm Baruch, host of Paradigms. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a wonderful guest on this episode. He's a guitar player who's just released a new record that he's going to tell us all about. The album is Ritual. Let's meet my guest, and he's going to share his inspirations with us right now on this episode of Paradigms. Roberto Lopez, welcome to Paradigms. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, really excited to be here. I was listening to uh, your last two records this morning, Kaleidostropico and Ritual, and really enjoying the music and reading about you and a little bit your story. I would love for you to just share with listeners what brought you to this point in your life. How did you discover music was part of your language of life? And Well, music was always there for me. There, there are no musicians in my family, so but... My dad used to listen to a lot of classical music. So I remember being woken up when I was like six years old to, you know, Beethoven and Mozart and, you know, all these uh, classical recordings. And my mom loves boleros. So always listening to boleros. And when I was six years old, I said, I want to learn to play guitar. But the only guitar at home was a regular size guitar, which, which was so big for me that I had difficulty just putting the chords and and trying to to play the guitar. So I just gave up and went out and kept playing soccer and riding my bike. When I was eight, I said, I want to learn piano, but we didn't have a piano at home. So I had to go to my teacher's house for the lesson. And she said, come and practice here. But all the family were musicians. So the bigger kids would play. And so I was very intimidated of going there to practice. So I didn't have where to practice, so I left the piano alone. And then when I was like 13 years old, I, you know, I knew about the Beatles, I knew about Colombian music, and I was always curious about music. Whenever there was a band playing on TV, I would go and watch it. Somehow there was this attraction towards music, always. And when I was 13 years old, see, I had started to, you know, when I was like 10, I said, what do you want for your birthday present? I said, I want a vinyl record. So I would go to the store and, and just listen to things and whatever caught my ear, I would buy that record. When I was 13 years old, I was already into a lot of rock and and uh, heavy metal. And because the sound of the guitar, it was just like magical for me. I was like, how if you play an acoustic guitar, it doesn't sound like that. You play an electric guitar and it's like this big sound, massive sounds. So I said, I want to play electric guitar. Of course, my parents were like, no, 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 no electric guitar. Take an acoustic guitar, take some lessons and we'll see. So I started taking lessons. And after the fourth lesson, I said, I'm not going to be playing boleros and that kind of, uh, of music. So I said to my teacher, oh, sorry, I have too much homework. I just can't keep going on with that. But I had learned some chords. And with that, I start picking up songs and learning songs by ear. And whenever there was a band playing on TV, a video, I would just get, go close to the TV to figure out what they were doing with their fingers on the guitar. And that's how it all started. That's a great story. 
I love that. You know, and it really speaks to lots of things, but one of the things it speaks to is if you're drawn to something, go for it. Don't don't let the world stop you. Well, usually it's stronger than yourself, you know. Wow. Well, your playing is is really something, and I know you've been compared to Santana and Satriani, and it's really their apt comparison. So you have great facility, but it's more than obviously skill. It's about the music that comes through you and out of you. And and where does and I, I ask this all the time because everyone has a different answer, and it's always interesting. Where does it come from? I don't know. It, it's just inside of me, and it just wants to go out. I've always been very creative, and I think what draws me towards music and being an artist is being able to create. That, for me, is the most important. So I have this need to create. So I'm always, you know, I listen to things. Um, my mind is always working, like connecting rhythms and connecting melodies and, you know, just finding new ways to create things. I'm talking with Roberto Lopez about his new album, Ritual. And we're going to hear some of it right now. This is the first track on the record, Sonera, Tu Amor. This is Paradigms at Paradigms.life.
Roberto Lopez, Sonera to Amor, from his new album Ritual, or Ritual, for the Anglo pronunciation. Let's get back now to my conversation with Roberto Lopez, talking about what inspires his music and how he sees the world. You know, creativity is an interesting concept, right? I mean, we're always creating with every breath, we're creating our life with every thought. I saw an article recently that said, and I was taken aback by this, that in terms of creativity, not all brains are created equal, that some people really do have a a proclivity towards creativity that other people don't have. And I was sort of shocked by that. I don't really want that to be true. But what if that is true? What does that mean about humanity? I I, I don't know. We're, We're hopefully learning a bit about ourselves now. What do you think? I, I think that we we don't need to all be creative in the same ways. We we need to be as diverse as possible just for the survival of, of humanity. We cannot all think equally. We cannot all work our brains exactly the same because we would not be able to find solutions to whatever comes in front of us. The many, many things uh, humanity has been you know, forced to to work in and find solutions throughout the history of humanity. But I, I also think that a lot has to do with education. When you're a child, every child is creative. And I think some people lose that because of education and the education system. And when they grow older, they forgot about being creative. Hmm. I think it's more that. Yeah, I think you're right. It's more that something gets switched off than that it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have children. Yeah. What do you learn from them? Exactly that. The, the the freedom to not think what other people would think or think things cannot be done. To just fly with imagination and everything is possible in their brains. They're not shy and they're not afraid. And I think that's what we lose when we become uh, adults. Well, one thing we certainly see in the world now is a lot of fear among the adults. People are afraid of people who look different or who dress differently or who love differently. People are afraid of people whose beliefs are different. And it's, you know, all that fear leads to the anger. But it seems like at the root of all the anger we see is fear. Mm. I mean, the big questions, of course, how are we going to make our way through this? We've done it before, certainly in countries. But it seems like now we're called upon to respond as a species to ourselves. Like we now really have this, most people have some awareness that there is really a global society that exists now. I think so. But we're confronted, uh, we're at a point in history where information is so available easily that we have the opposite. There's a lot of misinformation and many people have lost the reference of of what's real and what's important. And so people fall for the interest of some groups in the messages that they want to, you know, make go through and make make them become truth. And I think at some point as humans, we have to just touch the ground and connect to who we are as, as, as species and as human beings. And why we need each other to to be able to survive. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you said, because, you know, the, the whole concept of confirmation bias, people seek information that confirms what they already believe. 
But what you just said, you know, is that we need to touch the ground and, and be with each other. I think when people are seeking groups that they agree with, they think that's what they're doing. They think they're touching the ground and being with each other. But really, when what we're doing is seeking groups based on agreement, we're also excluding other possibilities. We're excluding the possibility of learning or even of just witnessing something that is completely not part of our world and being willing to just accept that it exists comes back then to the fear thing. And I, I think, you, you know, when you're an artist, uh, you tend to be more, I don't say every artist is like that, but uh, as an artist, you, you, you need to be open. You need to be um, whatever you believe has to be shaken to learn new things and expand your perception of the world. We'll be back with more of this conversation after we hear some more music from Roberto Lopez's new record, Ritual. We're going to hear a couple of tracks now, starting out with Solo Tu Vibra. <laughs> Quiero tu vibra, oh, hey, solo quiero. 
la vida a su manera, and before that, solo tu vibra, Roberto Lopez from his new album, Ritual. And now here's the next part of my conversation with Roberto. One of the things about being an artist, I had a drawing teacher in college, and the rule was you have one piece of paper for the whole session. And you make a drawing, you love it, you wipe it out, and you start over. You don't get attached, because how are you going to learn if you get attached all the time? And it shows up in the arts, but it also, you know, we know Buddhism talks about that we create our suffering through attachment, through wanting things to be a certain way or to not be a certain way. And it seems like this is a big lesson that we're Again, we're learning. I, I say we are learning because I hope it's true. Um, you know. Yeah, me too. I like to believe that humanity is eventually moving for the better towards something else. But but uh, I think we're living some turmoil times right now. You're not kidding. Well, it, it makes me want to ask you though, as an artist, as someone who's been doing this for you know most of your life, what have you had to learn to let go of in order to grow? What have you personally had to let go of in order to grow as an artist? Oh, many things, starting with your own fears, with your own perception of yourself, because, you know, in, in Western society, the artist is the center. It's, it's very egocentric and everything turns around. He's the image of the artist and, and it's the one who creates everything. But music is not that. Music is a collective thing. And I mean, you can do music alone, but that is so boring. It's fun to do music collectively. It's a language, so you need to speak and share that language with other musicians and other artists. And that language goes to the public. And if you see in Western culture, there's there's a division between the stage and uh, and the audience, whether in other cultures, there is no division. See, the music is part of the collective. so. The, the musicians, they're, they're just performing and are as important as the people who are receiving and, and listening to the music. I, I just did an interview with someone else and we agreed that life is a jam session. <laughs> but not everyone sees it that way. Yeah. And, you know, life always brings surprises and you have to adapt. And, and if you think, oh, I see, I want to have that and I want to, you know, that's the only way and you focus so much on one door, you're missing all the other doors beside it, which may already be open or are opening for you. But you think that's the only door. So you miss things because of not being able to perceive openly and receive things as they come because life also teaches things to us. So, you know, you have to listen to life. What is life telling you about what you're doing or thinking you're doing? You just said something so important to that. And I think we've probably all had the experience of getting really focused on, I want that thing or that experience or that person or whatever it is. I have a desire. And we get so focused on that that we miss everything around it. And then we maybe get that thing and then we realize what we missed in being so single-minded. Or maybe we don't get that thing and either figure out, oh, there's all of this, or we people can stay focused on the thing they didn't get. But it's all how we pay attention in our mind, what we put our attention on. And that's a choice. Coming back to your question, you said, what, what do you need to let go? And I think it's the, the music itself, because, I mean, you create a song, and that song evolves when you play live, and you have to let it 
grow and go and change and be what what it is on its own. Once you write a song, it's just a picture in time of, of a process. So you record a song and that's just a picture. But that same song right before that was something else. And after that, it's something else also. Every moment is just that it's a moment. And what unfolds from that is always going to be change. Mm -hmm. So you have to, to let go. It's, you cannot be attached to what you create or it's a process, an ongoing process. And sometimes it's easier than others. And just because it's easy today doesn't mean it'll be easy tomorrow. Very true. Let's talk about this new record, Ritual. I mean, firstly, just the name pulls me right in. Where did this all come from for you? What's your What drove this? Well, Ritual is every little thing that you do every day on a daily basis around your life. From the moment you wake up, you, you do certain things. And as an artist, I have my own way of, of, okay, I need to be in this space and with this set of mind to be able to create. So those little rituals allow you to, to, to plunge into whatever you do, uh, you know, uh, prepare yourself to go out and work or prepare yourself to create. A ritual, it was that. It was the little things I did to create everyday music and to create this album so it started like that and it also plays a little bit in in latin america all these uh, spiritual beliefs and and you know there's a lot of syncretism between indigenous beliefs with catholic uh, religion that was brought from europe plus then there's the the, the slaves who were brought into into South America and the Caribbean, they also had their own beliefs. So all these things get mixed up in popular culture and you cannot detach one from the other at some point, but they're, they're a very important part of cultural life there, you know, uh, going to read the future. So you go to a, to, a, to, a, to a person who reads the cards or reads the tarot or or reads, uh, you know, the tea or the coffee and tells you your future. So it's very, very a big part of uh, Latin American culture. So when I said ritual, I was thinking about what I do to create, but I also play a little bit with that uh, spiritual or belief uh, system that exists in popular culture. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Roberto Lopez. I really enjoyed talking with him. He's a person who feels the music that comes through him. It's really a wonderful gift. Here's a couple more tracks from his new record, Ritual. We're starting out with Guaira de Paz, Roberto Lopez. This is Paradigms at paradigms.life. <laughs> Yeah. 
That's Delia y la Luna, and before that, Guajira de Paz, Roberto Lopez from his new record, Ritual. And now here's the next part of my conversation with Roberto. I love what you said about the, the bringing together of cultures, because we see, I mean, now the Day of the Dead is celebrated all over the United States, not just in uh, Latino, Latina communities, and uh, Orisha as a spiritual path. Many people now know about these things that came from different places and they all come together. It, it, I mean, that's the upside of of bringing people together, the way it was done, of course, you know, with colonialism and all, not so hot. But it speaks to this thing that humans do where we actually want to come together. We want to bring our stuff together. Even when there are people who don't want to or who fear it, it seems like the natural course of every culture on earth is to integrate and to to bring together and not to assimilate really because people maintain their own connections to their own lineage and and rituals and customs but i mean lots of people celebrate easter who are not christian lots of people celebrate passover who are not jewish i mean i see i see it more as a way that we enrich our lives with 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 you know these elements that come from other cultures because they just enrich you see you, you you share and you 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 enjoy without being very mental and think where does this come from is this me is it really my culture and and if you see the history of humanity that has been it being able to learn and mix different elements of different cultures has allowed humanity to grow and and prosper so this album i mean the music is wonderful you have wonderful musicians and uh, vocalists on the record. How did it get made? I mean, this, we're all just coming off pandemic still. What role did pandemic play in this? Not much, because during the pandemic, I was very busy with the kids at home. See, uh, we're trying to make their, their not being able to see their friends and other people as easy and as normal as possible. So it would not have a big impact on them. So while other friends, artists, that don't have kids were creating it. It was just a perfect time to create. I I couldn't create anything. I was just busy. But once life came back to a, some kind of normal and the kids went back to school, everybody went back to work, I thought, well, I put an album right before the pandemic, which didn't allow me to tour much with it because all my concerts were canceled. But now everybody has new albums and new music and everybody you know, spent the pandemic creating and I said, well, I also have to come up with something new because it is going to feel that it's so, so uh, long ago. So as always, I, 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 as an artist, I say to myself, what do I have to say that's different from what I've already said before? Do I still have something to say with my music? That's when I started creating Ritual. Before I call it Ritual, uh, I usually tend to give the names to the songs and to the album later in the process, I said, I'm going to do something and try to create the music in a different way because every song starts because I have a melodic idea or I have a, a percussive uh, groove that I want to develop and explore or I have a guitar riff or, you know, uh, and then I develop a song. But this time I said, I don't want to work on the rhythms and thinking, oh, I'm going to play this kind of rhythm or explore that. I want to just work the melodies and write melodies 
that are not tied to any rhythm or anything. And then I'll see what rhythm would work well with that melody. So I did a creative process in a different way that I usually do it just to force myself to sit with a different perspective. When the album was finished, I did a demo with the keyboard and the guitar. I brought it to a friend who's a composer and she listened to the music and she said, I, I hear a voice in the melodies. I, I just I just hear a voice and I think you should explore that. But I didn't want to see my first two albums were vocal and, and there was a lot of lyrics and there were just songs. Um, but I love the instrumental part in my music and it's important for me. So I said, I don't want to bring a voice and have to write all these lyrics. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could do something like Pat Metheny does where the voice just doubles the guitar or you use the voice as an instrument. And then the exploration came. What melodies are natural for the voice? So we would double those. And the melodies that didn't feel very natural, that are more instrumental, then maybe the voice can answer to those melodies. Because I had the voice. I said, well, I have to work on the chorus and develop the chorus more in every song and have that part very developed. So it feels like there's more vocals on this album, but it's still like half and half, half instrumental, half vocal. We'll be back with the final part of my conversation with Roberto Lopez. But first, let's hear a track from his album, Kaleidostropico. This is Yo Me Voy. Yo me voy pa' Bogotá, me voy pa' la sabana, yo me voy sin llegar a nada. 
tierra Yo me voy pa' Bogotá Me voy pa' la sabana Yo me voy sin llegar Yo Me Voy, from Roberto Lopez's album Kaleidostropico, which he made right before pandemic. And now, here's the final part of my conversation with Roberto. It feels like an instrumental album that has some vocals on it. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with Flavia Nascimento, and she's just, you know, amazing and, and wonderful. Yeah, and, and, and that was the, the question. When I started doing this, I said, well, if I call a jazz vocalist... It's going to sound very sophisticated. And that's not what I want my music to sound. I want it to sound more roots. So I know Flavia, we know each other for, for a long time. During the pandemic, we tried to do something together and we, we, we finally didn't do it. And I thought, ah, that would be the perfect voice. And what I love about Flavia is that she's a, a, a musician that's, that comes from the oral tradition. So she doesn't read music. And I said, that's great because it'll give that feeling of roots that I want my music to have rather than if I bring a, a jazz vocalist who can read the chart and just like, you know, perform it very, very, very in a, in a sophisticated way. So the decision to work with Flavia was, was I wanted a, a, it to sound very roots and she was the perfect voice for that. And the other vocalist, Adam de Dios, he, he's a Cuban vocalist who's been in Montreal for a while. He used to play in a Cuban group that's called Climax. And Climax was one of the avant-garde groups in, in Cuban music, very experimental with electronic stuff and keyboards. Uh, so it was completely out of the, of the traditional Cuban dancing bands. And it was not in the same vein as... Irakere or those other more progressive bands. This was more avant-garde in some ways, but he, as, as every Cuban musician, he's he's got all the tradition behind him. And and here's another musician that doesn't read charts. So so just having them both, uh, you know, this idea of when I talk about music as community and music uh, tied to the roots, to the earth, it all comes from the oral tradition. So I said, it's okay if the other musicians can read, but if the singers don't read, you'll have that very natural, very, I'm just following up everybody feeling. More organic. Yeah. Less, less brain. Yeah, well, and especially, I mean, all music comes through or and from the body, but with singing, it's so clearly, I mean, it's such a physical experience. And it's a matter of intention. You know, if a musician who reads the chart, they can perfectly do it and feel like it's very organic but the fact that they have a chart in front of them to tell them what to sing just the intention might be different so when i was producing the album i i wanted you know a different intention more root my feeling in listening to this and it's true very often i mean the order in which people put things on their records is important i always feel like i'm i'm getting a story from start to finish, even if I don't know what the story is, that there's a musical, it's a trail. It, it This leads to this, leads to this. So I'm interested in how you put it together. It's usually, it's like you say, it's a story. An album has to, to tell a story. And unfortunately, these days, people rarely listen to an album 
from beginning to end as it was intended. In the time of vinyl, there was the, you know, the limitation that on vinyl, you have to put the more dynamic tracks at the beginning of the vinyl and the more soft ones towards the center. They had to break the, the, the story of the album in two with this physical limitation. Then in the time of CDs, there was no limitation like that. And the, the album was just from beginning to end one. You didn't have to change sides. So I come from that era, from the era of CDs. So for me, an album is it's a story. It has to it has to have a beginning, tells you something, kind of a climax, and then bring you to 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 a coda at the end. I always listen to each of the grooves and and what I feel with the songs and where I want to begin and where I want to end and how I want it to go. For me, it's like a it's like a film. Now, are you taking this music out on the road? Yeah, um, uh, at least during the summer, I have uh, many shows happening around Montreal. And uh, I just posted a video today on my Instagram and, and my Facebook and my YouTube. Uh, just a 15-second clip promoting uh, the upcoming shows. Well, Montreal is lucky. <laughs> well, Roberto, it's been really a pleasure talking with you. And thank you so much for the music and for what you bring to it. I, I love the stuff you said. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the interview. Nice to meet you. Roberto Lopez, thank you so much for being on Paradigms, talking with me about your music and about your creativity and just the world. Music as part of our common humanity. If you'd like to know more about Roberto Lopez, hear more of his music, his website is robertolopez.ca, R-O-B-E-R-T-O-L-O-P-E-Z dot C-A. Check him out. And if you enjoyed this episode of Paradigms, I hope you'll check out our archives at the Paradigms website, paradigms.life. You know, when we talk about ritual, everyone has their, their daily rituals, their habits. And then we have rituals or ceremonies that we make to mark passages in our lives, rites of passage, important events, births, weddings, funerals, birthdays. But we also have rituals for the times of year solstice, equinox, things like that. The point is we can strengthen our connection with the earth, with ourselves, and with everyone around us by observing what's important to us, and sometimes by doing that in ritual. What are your rituals? Where do they come from? How do they feed you? I'm going to leave you with one last track from Roberto Lopez's album Ritual. It's called Ensueno. I hope you enjoy it. And let's let the word for the week be ritual. Maybe even create a ritual for yourself to observe or commemorate or celebrate or invite. All right, Baruch signing off for this episode of Paradigms. We'll be back next time with more inspired, inspiring people. Until then, let's notice our rituals and even create one and be well.
You've been listening to Paradigms at paradigms.life. <laughs>